What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Not What You Expected, the podcast where we discuss navigating life when things don't go the way you thought they would. Oh my gosh, it's been so long (laughs) since we've recorded an episode. I think it's been months at this point. You know, life is crazy like that. You don't intend for things to take as long as they do, and then life happens. And I know some of y'all can understand. I'm not sure what happened, but things just got really complicated and really crazy. But we're back with another episode, and I've missed you guys. Hopefully, you've missed me and me laughing on <laughs> podcast episodes. But our last, the last recording that we did was on mental health, and man, was the response amazing. We had so many like people reach out that it was helpful, that they learned something. Um, So I took that into account and we had to come back with a part two, right, Liz? Are you there? That's right. (laughs) We just had to, the response was just so great. Um, And I think we take it, we forget sometimes that uh, there's still so much stigma when it comes to mental health. And I think people get almost like a sigh of relief when they hear someone talking about it or just wanting or just wanting to learn more um, maybe with something that they're dealing with and they love that conversation so we just came back and we wanted to just talk some more about it and uh, our guest is my very own friend Liz that we had on last time and uh, I'm girl you want to introduce yourself a little bit for those who maybe didn't hear the last episode you want to say who you are I- Yes, absolutely. I am a licensed clinical psychologist. I work with all ages. Currently, I'm working mostly with young adults in their 20s and 30s. And my work is really centered around liberation, social justice, and compassion. Mm. And in addition to that, I am a daughter, friend, partner, cousin, human, cat owner i had to mention simba again oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) the cat that i'm not sure likes me but okay he loves you Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh was that it anything else you want to list i was like counting on my fingers like "Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm." what else i mean i think that's really the basis yeah someone told me once i was put in this world to be a healer and a teacher Oh, I can see that. Honestly, I can see that. And I'm, I, everyone already knows that I have the best friends ever, but honestly, like you are like top notch. And I think I'm just so grateful to have you in my life and just our conversations. We just go back and forth. And sometimes it's really corny stuff. We just laugh, but sometimes we really have in-depth conversations and I live for it. I'm here for it. So, and uh, I think on our last episode, Liz, we discussed that, you know, how you decided to become a psychologist, but I'm not sure we ever talked about um, what what might be a tough aspect of your job, like what you do day to day. Can you like, what's one thing that's really difficult? If someone's out there, they want to be a psychologist or they think they want to be, what might be one difficult thing they might encounter? <laughs> one difficult part of the job. I mean, I think one of the most difficult parts of the job is just how much you're holding sometimes Mm. at the end of the day I am just so tired like Mm. because because I think really to be a good mental health professional you have to go there with people so Mm. oftentimes when people are retelling their trauma they're they get into like 
these feelings of intense sadness or fear or shame and to really connect with them, like I'll go right there with them. Mm. And then I'll notice that I'm holding that. And so a really important part of the job is boundaries. And I really try and as much as I can, like cleanse between each client. Mm. And I would think compartmentalizing well, right? Like you have to be able to leave this. Like sometimes I take, do you ever feel like you take it home with you kind of thing? Like, I think there are definitely days, and especially in the beginning of my career, I think I took it all home with me. Mm. Ooh, child. (laughs) (laughs) Took it all home with me, but these days I'm much better, but I will say that I'm still pretty, like, I can be tired at the end of the day. Like, it is a lot to hear, you know, story Mm. after story after story, and it's beautiful, and I love it, and I love seeing the healing, Mm. and, you know, it's, it's a big job. Mm. And I love that you said the word trauma, because this is a good segue to what our topic is tonight, because yes, we're still on the mental health conversation, but specifically want to talk about trauma and specifically healing from trauma, because in my mind, um, I would think the toughest part of your job is just having to listen to traumatic story after traumatic story. Like, I don't know how many clients you have per day, but that must take a toll on you. Like listening to someone else's trauma and like you were saying, going there with them, that's gotta be extremely difficult. So that is our topic tonight, healing from trauma, right? Um, And I have this question for you. Would you say that most of those who come to you for help have trauma related issues? Do you think a lot of the things that people like reach out for assistance, whatever that might be, a lot of things that we're dealing with, it's because of trauma. I think a good majority come from trauma. I would almost want to say like at least 80% of what's coming in, the basis is trauma. And if you think about something like anxiety, which is so prevalent in our culture, I think anxiety comes from something bad has happened to me, like a trauma. And I want to prevent something bad from happening to me again. Mm. And so I live in this fear all of the time, trying to prevent that bad thing from happening. And it manifests itself as anxiety. Mm. Hmm. Okay. Let's backtrack a little bit. What is trauma though? Like, I'm sure some people are listening. They're like, okay, I've been through some things, but like, what exactly is trauma? If we can put a definition on it. So there's a lot of different definitions, but this one I feel like works for me and encompasses really the core of it. And Mm. trauma is a distressing event or experience that can have an impact on a person's ability to cope and function. Mm. Now, does it have like a, because I know I can think of like people think, oh, childhood trauma, but you can have some trauma from something that happened this morning, right? Or like yesterday. And trauma can can be experienced at any time. Mm. Hmm. I think, I don't know. I, I like to think that um, <laughs> a lot of the things that we deal with as adults, a lot of times is because of childhood trauma, right? I, I heard this quote one time that said, um, oh, uh, childhood is what we spend adulthood trying to like navigate or something like that. And I remember thinking that is so true. We spend most of our adult lives trying to figure out the things that happened to us um, or around us when we were little. I don't know if you can agree with that, but. Yes, that is the whole basis of my work. You know, people's childhoods have such a profound impact on them and how they navigate the world. And I think also if you think about trauma based off of identity with like racial trauma or homophobia Mm -hmm. and just how Mm -hmm. that is so widespread into every day 
Mm. of what's happening. And if you think about the events in the world, how it becomes a secondary trauma to watch on TV, 10 black people got shot in Buffalo or, you know, all these children got killed in Texas, you know, like constantly there's so much happening. And I don't think we so, realize we're internalizing it too sometimes. Like we right, don't even realize every time it's something happens, like that's why I've had to like turn off the news from time to time or disconnect from social media because I started realizing how much this stuff was impacting me, just how I was going through my day-to-day like tasks with just trauma of just being constantly bombarded with this stuff and seeing it, whether I knew or not that it was affecting me, it really was. Exactly. So trauma doesn't have to be just something that happens to us. It can actually be something that happens to someone else. And it still has that strong impact on us. Mm. Well, okay. So we know what trauma is. What are some ways that you think it shows itself? Like, okay, let's say something happened uh, when maybe we were like six years old. How can that like show itself or manifest when we're like 30 something? Yeah, so I think it can manifest in the way that we relate to ourselves and the way that we relate to other people, mm. right? Like how we show up in relationships. It can cause us to feel um, very avoidant in relationships or just very afraid, or we can feel so disconnected from ourselves. I A lot of what I see happen is people often feel disconnected from their bodies, Hmm. after a traumatic experience especially with abuse and so people will live a lot in their minds but from the neck down there's a complete disconnect oh okay and I I think you mentioned that how we connect with people was that one of the ways that it can manifest and show itself absolutely and I think it shows up in our most intimate relationships usually yeah, I was just about to ask you that. Like, so you, can you say that a lot of the relationship issues <laughs> that some of us, you know, have or are struggling with might be tied to some trauma that we went through, like whether as a kid or like last week? Like, can you say that? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if you had parents that were not responsive to your needs and you constantly felt like you were fighting for their attention or just experience emotional neglect or any type of physical or sexual abuse, it teaches you from an early age not to trust others. And I need to get my needs met in other ways. Mm, And so this can show up throughout the lifespan unless you heal it. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes we go around in circles, like we keep ending up in same kind of relationship patterns and we have no idea why. Like, it's like almost like we pick the same type of person every single time. And it's like, why do I keep attracting this? And I think sometimes it really has to do with the fact that things that we haven't dealt with, right? Like we haven't sat to heal. So then we're, we're kind of just doing the same pattern over and over and over again without realizing why or why it keeps we think it's happening to us but really we're just kind of just I don't know things are unfolding in a way that almost feels comfortable because it's familiar familiar because that's what we know and that's what we've experienced before and I don't think when I think when I sat down and realized that I was like whoa it makes you really take into account just um how much healing is necessary to really have anything healthy in life any real healthy relationship I think Exactly, exactly. And also, I may have mentioned this on the last episode, but oftentimes the unresolved issue that you have with a parent, you'll try and replicate in your romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. And the idea is like, say you have a parent that emotionally was not present, you'll get partners that emotionally are not present. And unconsciously in your mind, you'll try to 
make like this connection, like get them to be emotionally present as a way of healing what you didn't get from your parent. Mm. But, but it oftentimes like it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, I remember I just, just came to me. There was something that I read that we, we kind of model out the same relationship we had with a parent with the hopes that we can change the end result. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and it's, and it's crazy because usually you can't, like you just said, like it, it's never going to end differently, but we keep trying. It's like this inner child just desperately wants to make that relationship better. Like for us, it seems like we succeeded in making that person love us in a way that, you know, feels good to us. But usually it's a trap because it's just a cycle of the same type of stuff that we experienced traumatically as a child. Yes. And I think it's, you know, people are trying to they just want to know that they're lovable. And when you have a parent who, when it feels like they didn't love you in the way that you deserved, you try and get that from a person mm. and you just, you want to know that like you're, you were lovable from the beginning, but it just turns into this whole, I mean, we've seen it chaotic mess. Yeah. yeah. And the answer really is you have to heal. Yeah. I know I'll speak for myself. I know this isn't the case for everyone. This is not a faith-based like podcast. But for me, one thing that changed my life was realizing that regardless of any other relationship with a person, I was loved by my creator. Like the God that I serve loves me, you know? And that changed everything for me because no matter who left or who stayed or who said what, what relationship failed, I had that love and it felt innate. And that changed the way I operated, like in every way. Um, so I know that's not the case for everyone, but it ties into what you're saying that just that feeling of knowing that I am loved is what we're all searching for, I think, in a way. Yeah. And spirituality is huge. That can definitely help people heal. And also, if you don't believe in God or the creator, just knowing at the end of the day, you always have yourself and you can always love you. That's a good point, because I think um, one part of healing is learning to love ourselves. I think trauma does this thing to us where, like you were saying before, we don't feel lovable, even to ourselves. Like, we don't feel like we deserve to treat ourselves well. We might want to treat other people well, but what are the things that we say to ourselves? What are the voices that we allow to stay in our minds, you know, to like tell you like, you know, you're no good, you're a loser, whatever else things that we have reverberate in our minds. Like this is the way we kind of treat ourselves when, man, if we could just learn to treat, if I could treat me well, you know, that right. can change everything too. Cause People come and go. People, we can't always control what people do. We honestly can't ever control what people do. But right. I can control like what I what I say to myself. So I think that aspect of healing is so important. You are so right. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it, it actually it really goes into like my first point of what I wanted to share. Oh, what was that? <laughs> oh, actually, <laughs> actually, if we go back a little bit, I want to start with the definition of healing mm. and it's to make healthy whole or sound and if you think about yourself in trauma like if you think about different pieces I really think it's about integrating yourself and coming together as one mm. and I think when we heal we can be even stronger than we were before because we have this wisdom yeah you know do you think it's possible? Because I like to think that most people, they want to operate in this world um, in a way that benefits others. But do you think we can be any good to others if we're not first like 
healed or healing or in that process? Like, do you think mm. that's something that we can, can we pour out what we don't really have? I don't know. I just, that just popped into my mind. Like, cause I know I strive to give, you know, but can I really give if I don't have? <laughs> it, that's a complicated question. Like, Yes, I think we can give to others, but it's mm. the question is also at what cost? Mm, and when good. we right, and if we burn ourselves out enough, yeah. we're we're not going to have anything to give. It's short-lived when you're living for others with no boundaries. Mm. And I think that's a trauma response too, right? Cuz we, we will give until we tap out like have nothing because we almost we always think some of us think that um to love other people well is to just give to the point where I have nothing. I'm completely empty or like, you know, I'm crawling and that's not always a good, maybe we were taught that as a kid or something, you know, like the love. That is, is to, that is never a good thing. If we're mm. at the point, like you said, crawling, we shouldn't be crawling on the floor because we gave so much to another person. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but that's such a reality for a lot of people. It is. It's well, and I was looking, you know, so there's four main trauma responses. So there's fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Mm. And and I actually I learned about fawn recently. So fight is when we try and fight the trauma head on. We try and fight what happened to us. Mm. Um, like in the moment. Or there's the flight we avoid, right? Mm. Like something comes and we try and leave. Or there's the freeze response where we're just a immobile what word am I looking for? Um, immobilized and we're just sitting there. Like we can't move, we're frozen. Mm. But then the fourth response that can happen is interesting. Fawn is when you try and appease the person that's traumatizing you and you'll do whatever they want to get them to stop. Oof. Mm. And it doesn't work, but we try and appease them. Mm. And so that becomes a trauma response. Well, if I just do whatever you want, whatever you ask for, maybe I can make it stop. But we know in a healthy relationship, that's not what it looks like. Yeah. And I think I'm just thinking like that can manifest itself. If you ever find yourself in like abusive relationships where I'm going to try to do whatever this person wants me to do because you just want that love for them. And I think that's 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 a way of manifesting like some trauma that we maybe we were taught that as a kid to accept whatever behavior. Um, and we had to somehow make this person love us in a way that feels good. Right. Because someone that loves you would never want you to have no boundaries. That's, say that again, please, for the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> someone that loves you would never want you to have no boundaries. They want you to have a full cup. Come on. That's a whole sermon right there. That's another episode. That's another episode. <laughs> it's so true. Sometimes we want to, we try to figure out, okay, who should be in my life? Who shouldn't be in my life? So what you're saying is someone that's a healthy person to have in our lives is someone who cares about whether or not you are, your cup is full, right? Someone exactly. who that matters to them. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Thank you very much. Okay. So healing from trauma, because now that we talked about what trauma is, we talk about how, you know, trauma, you know, can impact our lives. How do we heal from it? What are some things, if someone is listening that may be like, okay, I've gone through some really tough things. What do I do now? Yeah. So these are three different steps that I've just found in my work with clients that I think can be helpful. 
And the first one is to acknowledge what happened to us. And I really want to emphasize what happened to us, not what's wrong with you. So Mm. many people internalize um, this happened to me because something is wrong with me and I'm broken. Mm. And no, what happened to you? And this part can really be devastating once it hits people. This is the event that occurred. And this is when I really suggest that you know, you start working with a mental health professional, someone who has experience, someone that you trust, that you feel safe with, and, you know, specifically has experience with trauma or whatever your concern is that can support you through this. Mm, That's good. I love that you said that because it breaks my heart when I, I speak to someone and I've even dealt with that too. I'll be honest, where we've internalized like something terrible that's happened and we walk around with so much shame, feeling as if innately there's something so wrong with us. And, it, and, and that's one of the worst impacts, I think, of trauma, what it robs from us, which is peace of mind, you know, like it just and it just just heaps on just shame and And you hit the nail on the head with shame. Yeah. And that's one thing I've had to work through, you know, everyone's story is different, but that's something that I had to deal with where it's like, no, that, that thing happened to me, you know, that isn't who I am. Um, So thank you for saying that. Yeah. And I, I see the shame honestly come up every single day. It's come up in my own life, but especially with my clients. And I think part of the healing work of therapy is that you're allowing another person in You're allowing them to see that you feel the shame. You're talking about what happened to you and they're not judging you and they're supporting you and they're making you feel cared for. And you realize, oh, I can show these parts of myself. I can be accepted. And then you want to replicate that in other relationships. Yeah. Cause you just want to hide the, the feeling that shame or like the trauma response to like shame is just wanting to hide and just, I don't want people to see me because if they see me, maybe they won't like what they see because something tells me I'm just not good enough. And it's such a lie. So that in itself is healing, right? Allowing someone to walk alongside you to help you to to heal. That's the most powerful part of therapy. It's the relationship. Mm. Okay. So what are are some other steps to healing? So I think another step is giving yourself the space and time to grieve and process. And I want to acknowledge that this step looks so different for everyone. Mm. You know, it it could be months, it could be years, everyone goes at their own pace. But I think it kind of distills down into two different questions with the first being, how does what happened to me make me feel? Mm. And then the second being, how does what happened to me impact my relationships and how I show up in the world? Mm. Yeah. And I've been working a lot with my clients on, you know, when you reach age 100 or, you know, God willing, 115 with technological advances (laughs) and you, and you look back at your life, how do you want to remember that you showed up in the world? Mm. Do you want to remember that you showed up as a fearful person, um, as someone who couldn't take risks, someone who was afraid to love, Mm. or do you want to remember yourself as someone who showed up that lived fully, was present, who was loving. Um, and, you know, oftentimes people say like, of course I want to show up, you know, as courageous and I loved unconditionally. And so then the question becomes, how do we bridge that gap? Mm. And people have so much internal wisdom with that. I'll ask people, well, okay, how do we bridge that gap? And they come up with these phenomenal answers and they realize, 
oh, well, I guess I could be a little bit more vulnerable with this person, or Mm -hmm. I could be more vulnerable with this person, or maybe I'll start journaling and I'll become honest with myself. But giving yourself that time and that space to really process what's happened to you, I think is important. Yeah. And I, while you're speaking, I'm thinking about the grief process. That's probably what stops a lot of people from seeking out healing because the uh, the thought of facing the grief and facing the reality of what happened, I think is so difficult and it's scary. We don't want to feel those things. A lot of times we suppress it because really like some of some things that some people have walked through are downright awful and the feelings that come with it. So I can understand why someone just doesn't want to grieve and, and deal with it or even face it. Um, It is so, it can feel so, so scary and immobilizing and just too much. And what I will say is that if we don't heal it, it's going to show up later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It does. It does not go away when we ignore it. Yeah. And, and I, I think that that's when it comes down to like generational things, right? Because like, yes. it, it's just, it shows up, like you were saying before, if we don't deal with something, it's going to show up in the way we parent. It's going to show up in the way um, the relationships we might have with the people around us. Um, it, it'll just, it shows up one way or the other. So we might as well deal with it head on, as scary as that might be, because we want to, what we give up, what comes, you know, what comes out of our lives to be something that's healthy. At least I, I think that's what most people want. <laughs> Hopefully it's what most people want. But the more you hide and run from that feeling, the more you just keep um, the cycle going, I think. Exactly. Yeah. It's either going to be passed down to the next generation, um, like your own kids and think of it like compound interest or yeah. just from being a human in the world, you're going to hurt other people. Yeah whether it be friends, family, acquaintances, people around you in your community, you know, and I truly believe when you heal yourself, you help to heal the world. Yeah. And even the person who might've caused us some serious trauma, they may not have even like, that's not even maybe what they wanted to do, but that's probably something that they never dealt with. Exactly. They passed on something they never faced and, and we don't want to be that. Like, hopefully everyone listening does not want to be someone who's contributing pain to someone else. But if anything, healing and life and, and good things, that's what I want to bring into the life of the people around me. Um, so I know we're humans. We will hurt each other. That's a given, you know. But if there's something that we can do to, to be better, to heal, so that we're not bleeding on other people who didn't do anything to us, I think it's important to focus on that. Yes. And I think you also bring up a good point. I think a lot of people are so unconscious to their trauma. Mm, They don't know what's happening. And then they do perpetuate cycles of abuse. It is so important to become conscious. And I think that's nuanced and complicated and people have a lot of stressors and, you know, oppression and just everything that's happening, but it is so important to become conscious. Yeah. And I want to say this, I'm not taking um, any responsibility away from someone who might've done something really, really terrible. No people, we have choices, you know, some actions were downright awful, but there are some things that are just unconscious. They had no idea that this is the way this was going to manifest in the way they've, you know, they hurt someone. And those are the things that, you know, we should deal with because it can happen to us too. Right. So Mm -hmm. what's the final step 
um, to healing? So I would say one of the most important steps is healthy connection and attachment. And I would Mm -hmm. say this is the most fun step, the most rewarding step, (laughs) and also can be the scariest. Mm. There's no, and I think I said this earlier in the episode, there's no important more, there's no more important connection than the one that we have with ourselves and good mental health is knowing what your needs are and consistently getting those needs met. And it is so important for us to connect with others who are safe. Mm. So whether this be family, friends, a partner, our environment, animals, nature, it is so important that we connect. We get hurt in relationships and we heal through relationships. Yeah, that's good. And I think if someone is listening and they're wondering, how do I determine if someone is safe? What would you tell them? I think (laughs) think it's a good question. No, it's a great question. I think two of the main things are, is this person responsive to my needs and are they available? Mm. And when I say available, I don't mean available with no boundaries 24 seven to me, but are they generally, do they show up for me and do Mm. I show up for them? Is there a reciprocity in this relationship? Yeah. Mm. And no more of this accepting relationships where it's one-sided, right? Exactly. It's very important that mutually both parties feel nourished. Yeah. I love that. Cause I love that you say that we sometimes our deepest pain came from relationships, but the greatest healing also can come from relationships if we allow it. And I think that's the scary part too, allowing it after maybe going through something really hard in a relationship, but still allowing people in. It can feel so scary to open up your heart to another person or to new people. And I think it's the point of life to connect. That's Mm. what makes life rewarding. I agree. And meaningful. I agree. I think there's a whole different level of life when there's connection and relationship. Um, it just, I feel like we were made for relationship in a way. We I sincerely were, do. We were definitely made for a relationship. And I would say it's very primal to feel, to have the desire to connect and also a sense of belonging. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's why like, not to get all weird and dark, but I think that's why isolation works as a punishment, right? Yeah because you're taking something away that I think we were made to have. And, and it starts to really just, you know, do a, a number on us when we don't have relationship and connection with others. Um, hmm. So what else would you say to anyone? If you can say, if you have someone in front of you right now, who's dealing with some trauma or maybe they're just now facing it, what's, what's something that you would say before we close out today? What's something that you think they should know? Well, I would say something important is that I see people heal from trauma every day. Mm. I, my, I myself have healed from trauma. You know, you, we can go through dark things and we can feel like we're broken and we can completely come back together. Mm. You know, and like I said earlier, when you heal yourself, you help heal the world. Mm. Yeah. It's we're not all hopeless, connected. Right? No, it is not hopeless at all. It can feel like it's hopeless sometimes, but it's not hopeless. Yeah. And, you know, just reach out for help. Reach out for someone to walk alongside you and you don't have to walk through this alone. There are people there to help you, um, you know, whether it's a friend. And again, 
choose wisely, be mindful of the people that you allow in, but allow mm-hmm. someone in, give someone a chance. And maybe your relationship hurt you really badly where you're like, forget it. I'm never going to trust another person again. Give it another try, you know, because you just never know. This might be the deepest connection or deepest relationship you have. And that might be the catalyst to the healing that you desperately need and want, you know? Exactly. Like Liz was saying, the world is waiting for you to, to, to do something that could heal it. There are people waiting for you. Maybe there might be a word that you can say to someone um, or conversation you have with someone from your place of healing that can change their life, right? Liz does what she does, not only that because she loves it, she loves her career, but she sincerely um, sees a value in it. And she sees the things that she's walked through and the healing that she has now. She wants that for other people. And that's the same thing for me. I've walked through like trauma and I've, I've, I've walked through healing also. And I would love for everyone to experience that and we haven't made it right Liz we're not at the end but I I don't know that there is I don't know that there is an end Mm. you know I wouldn't say that there's like this perfect ending and everything is just so great but I would say that there you get to like a much better place and like I said before you can have so much wisdom Mm. yeah and discernment and love Mm mm-hmm all things that the world desperately needs right now. Yes. Yeah. So, well, you know what? We can keep talking about this <laughs> until kingdom come, but you know what? There'll be more episodes. So we love y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Let us know some feedback and um, yeah, maybe some things that you'd want us to talk about. If you want to have Liz back on, what are some questions that you have for her? You can just let us know and we'll hopefully we'll tackle and we'll answer those things. Anything else you want to say, Liz, before we sign off? (laughs) Just thank you, Esther. You are a phenomenal human friend and host. So thank you for bringing this healing out into the world. Oh, don't make me cry. Mm -mm. It's okay to cry. (laughs) It's okay to cry, but don't make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. Talk to you next episode. Bye.